Hey, thanks for tuning in to this edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Uh, we do this twice a week, uh, always on Saturdays during the 3 p.m. hour. The, the goal and the purpose is to just introduce you to people uh, in the local area that you may not be familiar with and talk about issues that impact Catholics here in North Texas. And it's eclectic. It's fun. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I have said this many, many times. I always appreciate so much when one of our local priests or religious takes time out of uh, his schedule or in religious cases, her schedule to, to spend some time with us. And so we have a returning guest. Uh, somebody who I've gotten to know quite well, consider him a good friend, uh, Father Christopher Andrews, who is the pastor of St. Basil the Great Byzantine Church in Irving, Texas, not too far from our studio here in Las Colinas. And uh, we've spoken to him about a number of things touching on his parish. And the broad topic today is going to be the, the impact and the response uh, of the COVID crisis on parish life in his and also his experience because he visits visits other parishes and talks to other priests and talks to a lot of lay people. And uh, what's going on? This isn't a live show, so it's not like you can call in, but uh, I do invite you to sit back and listen. And maybe you can email with uh, your response if you have some comments about this as well. I do want to thank Diane Xavier. She's producing this program and running the board. And uh, Father Christopher Andrews, thanks for being here again. Well, thank you, Dave. I know you're always scraping the bottom of the barrel when you asked me to come in. I mean, last week you had someone intelligent, so here we are, end of the week. But, you what, know. what is this, number three or four? To, uh, about yeah, I time know. Done this? Kind of life can't be, uh, maybe, maybe there's some talent in me. I don't know. But, no. uh, well, there must be some if you call if me If only back. to hear that awesome accent of oh, yours. Uh, that, that's uh, that's uh, West Texas? No, I'm joking. Not that's really. A, yeah. That's a recycled joke. Mm. Uh, it's New Zealand. There you go. Right? New yeah. Zealand, yeah. yeah. Oh, tell us uh, real quickly, because um, I know we've covered this before, you're a business Byzantine Catholic priest. On loan. I'm on loan on for loan. Byzantine Church. Yeah, I'm actually right. a Roman and, and, and a Benedictine. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I'm happy to be here in Texas, the Republic. It's wonderful. And I thought, you know, maybe talk about a few things I've seen uh, with, the, with the notion that maybe, um, you know, those listening that might give you some ideas of how to handle the faith and what can you do and like even right now, uh, a lady asked me, could she make a holy hour in the church? Of course, I have a code and a lock. Here, here are the numbers. Just close it all behind you and, you know, find some quiet time. So people are, are looking for ways to connect. And, you know, I've, I, I've seen a few things and, and unfortunately we're human and we do make mistakes. Uh, that's in the Greek world and even in the Roman world. I mean, this is the real world. And so like one example was, uh, you know, a gentleman came to me and he said, Father, he called me, Would you, are you a Catholic priest? Yes, I'm Catholic. Could you hear my confession? I said, yeah, sure. Well, when could I come? And I said, well, I don't know. You decide. I mean, if you robbed a bank and killed someone, maybe you should come now. <laughs> so anyways, he, he he couldn't. And he came the next day and um, made a good confession. You know, bless me, Father, for I've sinned, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And it came out that the poor guy had... Uh, gone to confession, I guess, six weeks previously. And of course, the devil poked him. And the next day, he did what he confessed six weeks ago. And he's been carrying all this around. It's like, well, golly, you know, if I'd known, I mean, but you know, who thinks of a Greek church when you think you're the Roman church? Anyways, so he came and I said to him, uh, well, can I ask you another question? At the, at the end, I mean, I gave him uh, the penance. I said, I said, well, when was the last time you went to communion? Father, I haven't been to communion since my last confession. All right, then, well, mm. here's the second part of your penance. Come and follow me. And I gave the guy communion. And the 
man, I guess, about between 40 and 45, I mean, in tears, like a seven-year-old making his first communion again. So that was kind of very touching. So there's a hunger. A hunger hunger for it, and and, and he couldn't, you know, thank me enough, and I just kept saying, look, listen, let me tell you something here. Um, The Latin word for a priest is sacerdos, and it comes, they say, it's two words put together, so sacer, sacra, sacrum is the holy, Mm -hmm. the sacred, Sacred. and dos comes from... uh, what is it now? Do dedi datus dare or daturus, uh, the verb to give. And so when the sacerdos is sacerdans, when the priest is giving the sacred, then he truly is a priest. And I thought about this and it struck me, I thought, well, golly, you know, how boring life would be. I mean, I don't have a TV. Uh, I just don't have time for it. But if I was stuck in my rectory, I don't know, playing, playing solitaire all day or something, I just can't imagine what life would be not sacramenting, not giving the sacred. And so there's a real joy that I think we as priests can have. And let me, let me just say this is that I, I think that one of the interesting thing is, is that the response has been so different from parish to parish and even mm. diocese to diocese to diocese. My parish that where I, where we worship, uh, in, in Arlington is an ordinary parish, as you know. Mm-hmm. And our, our, you know, we, it's, it, it almost seems kind of normal. There's, there, there are some social distancing every other pew, but there are no face masks and we, we and it, it seems kind of normal. Whereas some parishes have been pretty yeah. basically shut down for months. And so, from parish to parish, it's different. Yeah, I, I, I've bumped into two other priests, and I kind of curiously asked, and they're not from uh, from Dallas, I'll say that, and they're at 25% occupancy. So I'm kind of scratching my head and thinking, well, no, why is that? So I said, well, you know, I'm actually at 50% because that's what Governor Abbott said we could do, right? And you're maxed out, yeah. So I decided, well, instead of one, let's have two, and, you know, two times five is ten, and I really have everybody there and a few others uh, so we're kind of happy, and it's a little bit different because in the Greek tradition, we don't have pews, so there's more space, and you can put bubbles of families and things like that. But we're keeping the distance, we're cleaning and everything else. Uh, so we're blessed, but I think part of the answer to that one might be that along with the ordinariate, and so my church, we're both Catholic, but we're, it's kind of a little bit like a niche or a boutique because you – go there for this one particular type of liturgy. Mm -hmm. So perhaps that might be part of the answer. Um, I'm also blessed with a lot of young people. Believe it or not, I had, I think, six weddings in 40 days. Oh, wow. So, wow. And people are, I'm hearing, I'm hearing that there are a lot of pregnant women in the parish, so that's all good. But, um, no, to go back to, uh, well, what could we do? So I've been thinking about this, and I, I guess it doesn't apply too much to me because I've got my faithful and, you know, we're quite vibrant and, and doing what we can. But I was just thinking, well, you know, if you, if you're, if you don't understand that, that we really have to make an effort in the sense that, you know, faith is a habit. Now, a habit is another word for it would be a virtue. Uh, All virtues are habits and even all vices are habits. So a virtue is a good habit and a vice is a bad habit, but there are mm-hmm. habits. And if you understand how habits work, well, obviously, um, if you want to win, I don't know, the uh, a gold medal at the Olympics for the 100-yard dash, you're probably going to run the 800 yards a day at least. Mm-hmm. But if you sit on the couch and do nothing, uh, you'll be lucky if you can run 20 yards. So we understand that for the St. Paul would say for the earthly cr- earthly 
crown, you have to make an effort. And so even in, in, in the world of faith, we kind of have to make an effort too. And I think, I think, I mean, I, I could be wrong, that if we're just going to watch mass on TV, uh, maybe that's not entirely the best thing. And when you understand that the parishes uh, are cleaning and people are wearing masks, if people need to understand that faith is also a habit and that needs to be exercised, just as the runner goes jogging every day or the swimmer you know, swims a couple hundred laps. And as St. Paul says, that for an earthly crown, but we're going after an eternal crown, uh, one with glory and everything else and, and to be with God. But by- And let me, let me just cut in here because right now a dispensation is being given, I think pretty much across the board for people who don't, for whatever reason, sometimes very legitimate reasons, uh, are not able to come into the church. And do you foresee a time where the bishops are going to be able to say, you know what, that dispensation is no longer there, get, get, I, get yourselves to church. I mean, that, that, I that's, guess that would be uh, when the vaccine comes, or whatever the solution and, 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 is. And, yeah. and, but are they going to be able to say that? And, and to get back to your habit, are people so much in a habit of just watching it on TV and not receiving the Eucharist that they'll say, you know, I kind of like this. I'm not, I don't think I'll go back ever. Well, you know, I mean, I, so in my parish, I, so we have this thing on the, what do you call it, streaming, this Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Live streaming, Okay, yeah. so a couple of weeks or months ago, a lady sent in, she sent in a check and said, it was lovely to see you and thank you for helping me pray. And she sent in a check and I thought, well, this is nice. I mean, I don't know, I don't know who she is. And from out of the blue, so you do the right thing. You write a handwritten thank you note and send it off. And then two or three months later, another one came from the same woman. So I said to someone in the passion, now, who is this gal? Who is she? And I found out that, unfortunately, she, before my coming to the parish, she had a fallout with, I think it was the previous priest, but a fallout for some reason or another. Yes, we're human, we're human, we make mistakes. And, you know, had I known. So I managed to see the address on the check, and I drove out to her. I was giving communion to people, and that was actually, I think, in Plano and McKinney. I was out that way, and then I discovered why she's watching because she has a daughter uh, with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, the girl can't come to church. And I get it. So, you know, you're old, you've got, what do I know, lung problems, asthma or something, and that's fine. And and thank God we have the technology that you can see it. But still, the reality is, too, and we have to draw a line somewhere, that just watching something uh, is not the same as being actively present at it. And church is praise of God, but it's also praise of God as community. And I often think, you know, well, if you do come, afterwards you're going to be cheered up or because you've received grace and, and a sacrament and Christ and everything. But then you get to see your friends as well. You can mm-hmm. find out how they're doing. I mean, imagine if you find out, oh, golly, well, so-and-so's uh, at home again, and, oh, well, maybe I'll go over and bring us some soup or and, and things like this. So you can build um, community and you can get out of your own little world which I think is a very healthy thing when we feel uh, very restricted with these masks and you can't do this, you can't do that. I mean, keeping in mind, you know, obviously there are some health things you have to you do and observe because it's stupid to not do it, but there are ways still that we can reach out to other people and church is not just watching TV. I mean, if you're 97 years old, well, that's different. Yeah. Let me, let me, uh, and by the way, this is the interview of the week here on KTH 910 AM. Father Christopher Andrews, the pastor of St. Basil the Great Byzantine Church in Irving is our, our guest talking about the COVID crisis. Now that we are many, many months into this and it doesn't appear
appear like anything is going to be changing anytime soon as far as uh, restrictions on masks and uh, the way things are being handled. And I, I just want to kind of draw a comparison, you know, like a football game. You know, people have a choice if they can buy a ticket and go mm-hmm. to a cowboy game or what have you, or they can watch it on TV. And some people would say, well, I like to be with the crowd. I like to be there. It's kind of it's a little bit more fun. It's, you know. But that, that's – and you talk about the community and all that, and I understand what you're saying is that it is kind of good to be there. But I wonder if we're losing a sense of the power of the grace, the, the sanctifying grace that one receives in the Eucharist. and Because, uh, you know, if I, if I watch it on TV like I did back in March or maybe April, uh, you, you know, and I don't receive the Eucharist, it's not like I don't – feel physically different. I don't, there's no palpable difference in me that I didn't receive the Eucharist. Are people just getting used to saying, well, I don't know that that did anything for me. Well, what is the advantage? What is the grace that people are receiving that they're missing by not? What the, the reaction the, 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 the man had with you where he was crying because he finally received the Eucharist? What is that? Well, I think it goes back to what I was saying about the habits. The more you practice these things, the stronger you get in it. And faith as a habit Faith is actually, I mean, just to talk at the purely natural level, not the supernatural, but the natural. We practice faith every day. So, you know, you're in the car, you're behind that 18-wheeler truck, and you're going up a mountain or something, and he sees ahead, you know, two miles ahead of him, but you can't see. He sticks his arm out the window and signals to you to overtake him. And, of course, you overtake and you carry on, and you toot your horn, and you're happy. Well, what if he were a psychopath and thought, this would be nice, you know, get get this person to change lanes and get squashed and I can see it from up here on the top of my truck. Well, there are so many things when you think about it that you do in faith and good faith mm-hmm. with human beings. And, and that's part of living too. But the problem is that – so you have to do that too, certainly at the supernatural level. And that's part of understanding this is God's – God's way of doing things and trying to, faith is trying to, I think a good definition would be trying to see things as God wants you to see them in his light, in his perspective. So something tragic happens, you can still praise God because it's his will and something good is going to come from this. I mean, think of the death of Christ, that's ugly, but the most beautiful thing comes from it. But I to get to your question, I, I think one of the problems with, uh, shall we say, just purely watching Mass or I guess, the liturgy. Um, one risks becoming what I call a um, uh, a carriage Catholic. So, you know, you come for the baptism, you're in the baby carriage, you come for the wedding and you've rented a limo and you go out on wheels at your funeral in a hearse and just how much of your life was Catholic. So there's a point where I think we have to make the efforts ourselves. And I can only hope, I mean, I do my best, people knock on the door. Someone called me at 6.30 the other morning, and yeah, I can hear your confession. Uh, I do my best, but we have to kind of make efforts. It's not all just going to happen by itself. And I think that's something um, that we should take to heart and and learn because God gives graces to those uh, who make the effort. Uh, we used to say in the novitiate, do your best and let God do the rest. Mm-hmm. And p- pretend that it all relies on you. Of course, it doesn't as God's doing. But that encourages us to make the effort. And I just think, you know, on both sides, I mean, sometimes some of the things that the clergy do, I mean, let's face it, this is a crisis or something that's never been faced before in such a big, big way. I mean, we've actually got, we've got, uh, what, this embed, this, this, this uh, virus. And at the same time, we've kind of got the 19, 
30s economic collapse or something, and you put the two together, and it's a lot bigger than you think. Now, there may have been some kind of mistakes and things, but we need to fine-tune it uh, and ask ourselves, you know, what can I do in my concrete situation? And maybe by going to church, um, you'll be more supported. I mean, obviously it's safe because they're wearing masks and they're cleaning and everything else, but you'll feel a lot more support in your faith and, and you'll feel a kind of a community and brotherhood, and that will spurn you on to doing good works. Now, this is so new for everybody. Nobody, even seven, eight months ago, uh, would have ever anticipated what has happened in 2020. And a lot of people don't really know how to respond. And I think uh, that they're like, you know, I don't, I I wish our parish was more open. Well, what do you say to the layperson who has opinions about this? And maybe, you know, whatever their opinion is, maybe they want to be more restrictive or less restrictive or more masses or they don't like the face mask. And uh, what, what, what is their recourse or what, what's the, what's the proper thing to do as a pastor? How, how should they approach the pastor? Maybe approach the bishop, uh, let them know their thoughts about how things are doing. What, what's the appropriate um, uh, response to, to let your voice be heard? Well, first of all, it has to be respectful, and yeah. I'm pretty sure that the pastor or the bishop will, will, will listen to you and take into consideration. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking more of, um, you know, it's, it's hard to explain it in a short interview, but I'm just saying at the practical level, uh, no, practice your faith, make that effort, and you'll see things changing uh, for the better, I believe. And of course, there's, you know, there is a safety net there, all these things going on. But I'm also thinking of other things too, like, um, maybe you can think of a friend, uh, that you know is cooped up and maybe say, Hey, father, could you bring her communion? Or, uh, I mean, I've, I, I had a heartbreaking thing from a, oh, an old man in Kansas called me. His son's in jail here in uh, Texas, not in Segoville. And, I'd like to visit him, but of course I can't because you can't get into jails. And he said to me, you know, his wife, they're in an old folks home in Kansas. And I know the wife fell over. She coughed, whatever it was. And they took her off to hospital. And then fortunately, she wasn't put in a COVID wing or something. They let her go three days later, but then she had to be in quarantine. And he said to me, I told my son, I'm in prison in this place. Mm-hmm. I said, well, can't you get communion? I mean, I'm just trying to think of ways but they won't let people in. And I'm just thinking, well, could you not? It sounds extreme, but, you know, you've got to ask them or find ways to get communion. I mean, maybe maybe the lady who washes the sheets or something or one of the meal people find out if they're Catholic. Maybe Father might give them permission just exceptionally to bring you a host. He hasn't had communion since March. And, you know, this man's in his 80s. He's heartbroken. He says to his son on the phone, look, I'm in prison too. I can't get out. And people are really feeling it. So maybe there's ways we can think outside the box. I mean, if you're in an old folks home and they won't let people in, maybe there's a Catholic employee and maybe ask them, hey, could you ask the priest? And just just once, you know, as a delicate thing, I mean, it's somehow it's a little bit like being in the catacombs in a secret way, bringing you communion. I, I, you know, I mean, for the benefit of it, I, I can't see why, of course I'm not the bishop, but I can't see why people wouldn't permit it, especially when we have Eucharistic ministers and there must be a way. You mm-hmm. know? So yeah. that's a tough one. Uh, what, what about from a very practical standpoint, sometimes people say, how are these parishes staying alive financially when they've got, 20, 15% of their regular flock. Most people give when they come to the parish. 
Uh, do you, I, and I know you don't have, you know, every, every inside information about parishes, but generally speaking, do you think the parishes are struggling financially? Well, I, I, as I say, I, I don't have a feel for it for a few reasons. And one is that, like I say, I've got basically a hundred percent of my people. I mean, yeah. a few elderly people and they are watching from home and I get that and I try and take them communion during the week. Uh, and I know that they send it a check every now and then. So, you know, we're surviving at St. Basil's and God be praised. Of course, it's not all about money, but, um, I, I do wonder how you can do it. And maybe the difference at my church is, you know, I am the parish priest. Uh, I'm the cook. I mow the lawns. You'll catch, you'll see me pushing around a lawnmower on the two acres. Um, I'm kind of, to quote Gilbert and Sullivan, the Lord High Everything and the Archbishop of Titipu <laughs> and the Grand Poobah, but um, there's just me. So I guess that's a lot easier to support one. Yeah. But I know there are some parishes with, uh, I mean, over 40 employees. I guess that includes the school as well. But uh, you wonder how it works and can it work at 25% occupancy? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know the answer. I, I try not to think of everything in terms of just money, but I'm thinking – you know, we have to uh, find a way, I would think, uh, getting people back to church. Like I said at the beginning, and like what you said, you know, our liturgies are different mm-hmm. from the ordinary ordinary form. And so it's a little bit of a niche or a boutique when people come for a special thing. And so uh, people go to uh, St. Mary the Virgin because they like the beautiful English. I believe it's uh, King Henry VIII, his translation of the... Yeah, there, there's some of these. It's, uh, it's, it's the, very refined. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's uh, the prayers it's bad are different in, in, yeah. in other parishes, but it's certainly uh, you know the the the, the thou and there, there's some and, of that. I mean, yeah. maybe I've gotten so used to it that I don't notice, but it's not yeah, over the top. You know, you're not like you're reading a, a, Ch- a Chaucer sooth. novel or something. Yea, you know, sooth, he <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be? But right. but you know, so it's a little bit different. But I, I would think that if you're if you're at 25. percent uh, Occupancy, maybe you too should be finding ways of you know, how can we get them back. And you know, my suggestion would be just ask people. Can you think of someone who hasn't had communion that we could visit mm-hmm. and start there? Because I mean, you can't be doing something wrong if you're taking someone the blessed sacrament. Yeah. And, and yeah. like I say, I mean, I I took one man uh, communion and where was that in Plano? Another one in McKinney, and I'm coming up from Irving. But I mean, these people were tearful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's beautiful. That's and it's good beautiful. Sign. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so people have got faith, but, you know, and people are looking for this too. And, and I think that once we practice the sacraments and go back to it, we'll find answers. And, you know, remember what Christ says. He says, uh, fear not. It is I. Uh, that's, that's the greeting he gave to his skid apostles as he appears resurrected. Yeah. And, you know, when Christ comes back into your life in a very real, tangible way in communion, that's kind of like a resurrection experience, and and you should be renewed, and and you know up to the brim with I grace. Think be not afraid is a very important uh, uh, statement uh, during this whole crisis. So we got to wrap things up. Uh, Father Christopher Andrews is my guest. He's pastor of Saint Basil the Great Byzantine Catholic Church in Irving. And maybe you can leave us with a blessing. And also, I don't know if I should invite people to come to your parish or not, or are you just kind of filled to the gills and they're going to get turned back, or uh, should should, should they come? People may, but, I mean, you can also go to your own parish as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but you know, we're, maybe come to see something different. Uh, it's Catholic, but it's totally different as well. All right. But here's a blessing for all your hearers, because I know that uh, we haven't got too much more time. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit 
upon you all and remain with you always. Amen. Thank you, David. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. We will uh, renew your contract and have you back here in a few months to do another one about some other topic. And and, uh, let's see. Thanks also to Diane Xavier for running the board flawlessly as usual during this broadcast. And if you uh, have an idea for a future program, you don't have to be a priest to be a guest on Interview of the Week. Uh, Just contact me, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com and say, hey, I got an idea for an interview of the week. And most likely, if it's Catholic and local, I'll say, let's do it. Come on out and let's do the interview. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of your weekend. And uh, we'll see you on the next interview of the week. Thanks, Dave. 2020 has been quite a year on so many fronts, and we've all experienced many and various changes in our sacramental and parish life, but one thing remains unchanged. Catholic Radio has been here and remains here so that you can always tune into this station to hear the timeless and beautiful truths of our Catholic faith. I ask you to please take time, September 15th through the 18th, to call in and make a financial pledge of support during the Guadalupe Radio Network's Celebrating 20 Years Fall share Thank you so much. Conversations about illness, death, and dying are important, but where do you begin? Whether death comes suddenly or after prolonged illness, most of us are not comfortable discussing our medical wishes or end-of-life plans. Being prepared ensures that your final wishes are followed. It's also important to understand the Catholic Church's teachings on end-of-life decisions to help your family from having to make difficult decisions in a time of crisis. All are invited to attend one or all four free online webinars hosted by the Catholic Foundation in September. The Conversation Series takes place September 14th, 17th, 21st, and 24th from 7 to 8 p.m. and will help clarify the spiritual, legal, charitable, ethical, and practical issues on end-of-life decisions. Details and free registration are available online at catholicfoundation.com in the End-of-Life Seminar section. And you can also register by calling us at 972-331-1645. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Uh, Glad you are listening, and thank you so much for your support of uh, this station and also your support of all the great events that we have that go on across North Texas. Of course, the last few months, it's been uh, a lot of virtual events, and we're going to spend the next 15-20 minutes talking about a virtual event that if you are a man uh, 18 or over and uh, would like to participate in it, I highly recommend, because this is a group that I have been intimately involved in, emceed some of the events and I just think so highly of them. I'm talking about the Catholic Brothers for Christ, and they are the group that puts on the men's conferences. I think they've done eight of these now in the spring, and a few years ago they started what's called the Experitus Fall Conference, and it has just taken off, and so they just keep on doing it and doing it. And so we're going to talk about the upcoming September 26th Experitus Conference, which now, as we're going to hear, is 100% virtual. And it's going to be on Saturday, September 26th from 9 to 11. And I want to welcome in studio with me Bill Kula, who is a board member and also head of communications for the Catholic Brothers for Christ. He's in studio with me. And also I have on the line with me Rick Self, who is president of the Catholic Brothers for Christ organization and the keynote speaker for this event on September 26th is going to be none other 
Then Father James Flynn, Gulf War veteran, pastor of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish in Keller. And he's going to be speaking on wearing the armor of God during these challenging times. So all three of you gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for being on the program today and welcome. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Dave. Uh, well, let me let me start with Bill. Bill's the one that kind of organized all this and got it going. Uh, and, and Bill, thank you for coming in studio and for for organizing this. Uh, give give me the basics of, of this event. Uh, I, I know nowadays with COVID, we got to kind of call audibles, and you know, are we going to do it in person? Are we going to do it online? Tell us what exactly is going to happen for those two hours on September twenty sixth. Well, our ministry has faced the same situation that so many other organizations and ministries have this year. And while we had hoped to have uh, as many as two hundred men come out to Keller and hear the the great word from Father Flynn. Uh, we're following safety and health and medical guidelines, and so this event will now be 100% online. So on Saturday, September 26th from 9 to 11 a.m., we're inviting men, and quite frankly, it can be others as well. It is a men's conference, but if they'd like to invite their teen sons or if they'd like to invite significant other to join, they're welcome, and it'll be free. They can join through our Facebook page and through our YouTube page, and we'll have an opportunity to gather, continue to move forward in our mission to build up the body of Christ with one another. And we use this fall conference as an opportunity to, in effect, keep men united and connected together. Because while we started years ago with our larger spring conference, four years ago, as you indicated, we started these fall conferences as an opportunity for men to uh, continue to deepen their faith, keep their gaze upon Christ. And so we're very um, uh, hopeful that uh, this will prove to be an opportunity for men at a very unique time when we're thirsting for the Lord and we're trying to keep our faith strong, that this will be uh, yet another opportunity to achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. And it is a free event. And like you say, this is the cool thing about it is yeah, if men want to, I guess if their wives want to watch, I mean, this is a, a streaming event. Women can tune in and see what uh, us men are all up to <laughs> if they want to. But it's going to be a great event and great talk as well. Uh, Rick Self, as I mentioned, president of the Catholic Brothers for Christ. And Rick, I know, you know, things were moving along so well with these live events. And I think the one um, uh, last year at St. Patrick's was, I think, the biggest. And it was going to be at St. Francis in Frisco uh, earlier this year. And everything was moving along. But it's kind of one of the attributes of a, of, a, of a good man is to be able to adjust to difficult and challenging times. And that's really what uh, the organization has had to do this year, isn't it? So can you talk about just how COVID has impacted your ability you know, as the leader of this group to be able to, to, to minister to men? Yeah, so in, like you said, in the spring we had to go uh, virtual because of, the, because of COVID-19. And uh, I, th- I think we had a great conference online that day, uh, it was a live broadcast, but it was virtual. And I think we, we had, if we've counted all the numbers, we probably had 2,500 people, uh, watch that event. So that, that was a good thing. We still want to meet live, obviously. I mean, it, it's, it's more impactful if we're live. Um, the thing, uh, you know, with this, with this fall conference this year, we tried to bring it back over to the Fort Worth side of the, of the area because, you know, we're North Texas Catholic Brothers for Christ. So we go out to everyone, but we, we try to get it where for both, you know, people can go to it from Fort Worth or Dallas or whatever. So that's why we came back over to seas and we were 
really looking forward to a live event there. Uh, we had everything kind of set up, and uh, and they and they have great facilities at, at St. Elizabeth, and and Father Flynn was welcoming us, welcoming us there. So it was it was fantastic. But yeah, we just got to adjust like everyone else. Um, but it's important for us to keep men engaged in their faith because. You know, this is not a time to go into hiding, even though a lot of people are. I mean, this is a time to keep keep active in the faith, and and hopefully we're going to be able to do that with this virtual event um, where anybody can watch us, you know, the sons, daughters, uh, you know, the wives, whatever. It, we're going to, you know, we want everyone to come to this. Yeah, definitely. The website, CatholicBrothersForChrist.com. I don't know if there's a, uh, a specific one for this. Uh, you guys can tell me about it, but I know you can get there that way, CatholicBrothersForChrist.com. And the old website was NTXCMC.org. I always seem to default to that, but it's going to take you to the same place. Father James Flynn, as I mentioned, a pastor of St. Elizabeth and Seton Parish in Keller. Big, big parish, also Gulf War veteran. And uh, Father, before I ask you about your involvement in this event in particular, I know as uh, a veteran, you, preparedness and rolling with the punches, so to speak, has uh, got to be part of how you've been trained. How has this whole COVID experience the last few years impacted your uh, you know, ministry at St. Elizabeth and Seton and, and how, you know, all the changes that you've had to adjust to? Can you talk about that first, and then I'd like to get into the event itself? Sure, yeah. I mean, I think for us, you know, it's, I mean, it's obviously a challenge. Uh, you know, we're... You know, obviously, attendance is way down, and um, it's hard. You know, we can't get together in person for nearly anything, and it's just been a big challenge. But, but for me, like, it kind of reminds me of basic training. Uh, by the end of basic training, in the beginning, you're just scared. By the end of basic training, you, you say things like, "We want, we like it, we love it, we want more of it. Make it hurt, <laughs> drill sergeant. Make it hurt, right?" And I've. I've kind of looked at this whole this whole coronavirus in the same way. It's like, oh, you want me to wear a mask? Fine, I'll wear a mask. Is that all you got? Yeah. Oh, you want me to social distance? Okay, I'll social distance. Is that all you got? Right? Oh, we can't have something live? Okay, we'll do it virtually. Is that all you got? Right? I, I think if we look at it as a challenge to rise up to as opposed to something to complain about, then we can really do God's will in, in the military, right? It's, it's, it's embracing the difficulties. And then when you embrace them, then your difficulties don't rule you, right? You can rule them. But so many times we fall into complaining and gossiping and, you know, oh, woe is me. And that just never helps. That doesn't help anybody. In fact, we're falling at that point right into Satan's kind of ploy uh, of getting us discouraged and getting us angry and and bringing division instead of unity. Yeah, and it almost sounds, you know, I was asking about your adjustments at the parish, but it almost sounds like this might be a theme of what you'll be speaking about in the 26th, you know, wearing the armor of God during right. these challenging times. Uh, really, the way you've adjusted to the parish life is also, I'm, I'm guessing, the kind of advice you'll have for the men who, and yeah, anybody who's tuned in on the 26th, right? That'll pretty much be it, you know, and, and we're, you know, we're blessed to have um, to be having the, the, this conference and, you know, it's, 
it would be more ideal, obviously, to have it in person. But, um, you know, I'm still super excited about the conference. We'll be discussing putting on the armor of Christ. Um, I think everybody has been impacted by not being able to, some places just are, just are opening their churches for mass, um, or have very limited. So we're, we are blessed to have our full mass complement. And although not everybody's back, um, you know, we're getting there, we're getting there. And I think having this wearing the armor of, of God right during these challenging times, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be very fruitful. And I think as, as men who set the tone for our families and for society itself in many ways, um, it's going to really be imperative for the salvation of souls in our world. Yeah, definitely. And gosh, uh, well, well, how can I just hope everybody listening right now will a go? I mean, sign up for this and also let others know about it because uh, you, you heard the numbers that Rick said about the the, the fall event. Uh, bigger numbers, you know, tuning in than they even have ever had in person. And, and this is one of the benefits of doing something online is that it's it's easier and more people can tune in. Uh, Bill, let me bring you back in the conversation. Um, you know, what, one of the, uh, you know, n- nobody here is saying, gosh, we want to do this live stream forever and it's much better. And one of the things that I, I've always loved about the in-person event is that you've, you've got the music, you've got the opportunity for the Sacrament of Reconciliation, you've got all these different elements, and you know, having lunch together. I see here there's going to be adoration involved in this. What, what, what other than a, the outstanding talk that I'm sure Father Flynn's going to give, what else will be going on during those two hours? We will have an opportunity to share with men, many of whom haven't uh, been involved in some of our past spring or fall conferences. We'll tell them a little bit about that we're more than putting on conferences. We are a, a movement. Uh, as you know, and you've been involved with us so uh, so appreciatively as a as a MC over the years. When we first put on our spring conference eight years ago, we had five just a little over five hundred men from thirty six parishes come out to Prince of Peace in Plano. And over time, we've grown to have in person more than 900 men from over 110 parishes attend. And so what we've seen throughout the Fort Worth and the Dallas Diocese is this um, attraction to coming together as men all on different uh, journeys of our faith and wanting to grow in our faith together. Um, it's a beautiful ministry that has uh, come together that has now involved, uh, as I said, a hundred plus parishes throughout two dioceses. We often have men from other dioceses who join. So the beauty of what we'll talk about is, is an opportunity to help men develop and build men's uh, parish-based ministries at their church. In this era, it might not be in person. It might be a virtual type of ministry. And we've heard some great stories about how different churches, uh, uh, their men's group are still gathering on weekends and having a hundred plus men on a Zoom call or on a uh, WebEx call or a Ring Central call where they're coming together to pray the rosary and they're coming together to share in discussion about different um, uh, Christian virtues. So we'll talk a little bit about opportunities to grow men's parish uh, ministries. And then certainly, um, we are so excited to be able to have 
uh, father uh, share his keynote remarks. Um, we will have some form of uh, music ministry that will take place and the opportunity for us to place our gaze upon the Lord. Uh, as Rick said earlier, the, the setup uh, uh, at the church in Keller is, is wonderful for in person, but it also is wonderful for live streaming. So we're going to do our best to uh, pack a lot into this two-hour time period for men to come together. We'll pray with one another, and it's an opportunity that even though we're not going to be in person, um, we're going to feel Christ's presence amidst the uh, live stream. All right. Uh, go to CatholicBrothersForChrist.com. Uh, wearing the armor of God during these challenging times. It's the fourth annual Expiritus Conference, Fall Conference, uh, with the Catholic Brothers for Christ. The keynote speaker will be Father James Flynn, pastor of St. Elizabeth Anseton Parish in Keller, and also Gulf War veteran. In fact, I think he's a sniper. I'm going to ask him about that. And he was a sniper, I believe, in the Gulf War and in his military service. And now, thanks be to God, a Catholic priest, uh, September 26th, it's going to be 9 to 11 a.m. It's an online event, and it is free of charge. And so please, please register. Um, and we just have a, a couple of minutes remaining in this uh, this broadcast. And again, uh, the, the Saturday, September 26th, uh, Rick Self, as I mentioned before, president of Catholic Brothers for Christ. And Rick, a couple of things, uh, real quick, if we would, uh, looking forward to 2021. Uh, I, I know <laughs> nowadays uh, planning is something that it's it's hard to do because we, we, we just don't know what next month, much less much next year uh, holds. But uh, what are the tentative plans uh, for your spring event? Yeah, so uh, that's a good question, uh, and it is fluid. I mean, things change all the time uh, when we do this, but the plan is to have it in, in, at St. Francis in Frisco next year uh, with the same speaker. Father Larry Richards is, is going to join us. Um, uh, the date, and Bill, you may have to help me here because I'm not sure of the exact date in April, but it is, I think it's April 10th, if I'm not mistaken, it's a Saturday in the early part of uh, April, and we'll have those details by you know by the fall conference, and it's probably on our website as well. But uh, but we plan on having the full conference there. We expect you know fifteen hundred men. We have a, it's a big church over there at St. Francis. Uh, we also uh, uh, just we're we're looking forward to having a live event. So we'll have other speakers as well. We'll have adoration. We'll have mass and uh, reconciliation and all those kind of things that we normally do. So one thing I was going to add on to what Bill said earlier about our movement, this is a movement. It's not just putting on a a couple of conferences every year, which is important for us to do, but we, we want men to engage on a weekly basis. Like our goal is to have every, every parish in the, in the diet, both diocese, Dallas and Fort Worth to have a weekly, you know, Friday morning, Saturday morning, uh, rosary or some kind of Bible talk or some type of an event where people can stay engaged on a weekly basis. And I know we do, we do a great job of that at Good Shepherd with rosary and discipleship. We, we have, we've had to do it via Zoom the last, you know, four months, but we have 60, 70 men every week call in. And, and join us on that Zoom call. That's what we want to do everywhere. I mean, we we want, and that's what we can do to help. You know, we're here to help that process. Again, not just putting on the two conferences. We like doing that, but that's not the the only purpose of our organization. 
Very good. Well, we are just about out of time. I'm going to go back to Father Flynn one more time. But again, just a reminder, this is the interview of the week. Uh, Dave Palmer here along with Bill Kula and Rick Self, Father James Flynn from St. Elizabeth and Seton Parish in Keller. Uh, thanks again to, to, well, to Cecil for uh, running the board. I don't think I mentioned her at the beginning, did I? But uh, Cecil's here, okay, uh, doing the men's conference uh, interview. And uh, the theme is wearing the uh, the armor of God during these challenging times. It is a free live stream event, not, uh, 9 to 11 uh, AM on Saturday, September 26 with, uh, Father James Flynn, go for veteran, now Catholic priest, uh, and go to catholicbrothersforchrist.com. And Father, we're just about out of time, but if, uh, if you could be so kind as to offer a blessing for our listeners and any other, you know, take, spend 45 seconds a minute, uh, with a final encouragement for, uh, people to sign up for this, uh, live stream event. Surely, uh, well, we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good and gracious Lord, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit down upon uh, our entire church, and especially in this difficult time. We ask the Holy Spirit send out his blessing for all people who are searching for Jesus Christ. We ask that our minds may be always open to your will, that we may truly put on the armor of Christ, because we are fighting powers and principalities, not just flesh and blood. Uh, we ask that all of the intentions of all of the listeners of Guadalupe Radio may be answered by your divine will, and may God's grace always come upon us as we journey towards Jesus Christ, especially towards heaven itself. And we ask that all the souls in purgatory uh, be set free through the, our intercessory prayers, and that all the angels and the saints may intercede for us and for all of those who are in need especially for the conversion of souls uh, and the respect and dignity of human life from its beginning to its end. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Thank, Son, thank you so much. Spirit, amen. Thank you so much, Father. Okay, we are definitely out of time now, and we are going to just thank you for listening. This has been the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And go to that website, please, CatholicBrothersForChrist.com, and please, please, please register for this event. It is going to be outstanding. September 26th, Saturday from 9 to 11 AM. Uh, the theme is Wearing the Armor of God During These Challenging Times. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at this same time for another KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. The Guadalupe Radio Network welcomes the family practice of Drs. Rafino Pereira and Basilico as a new sponsor. Drs. Rafino Pereira and Basilico practice according to the teachings of the Catholic faith and see patients Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. till 4.30 p.m. They're located in North Dallas on Preston Road between the George Bush Turnpike and Frankfurt Road. Both doctors are bilingual, Spanish and English. They specialize treating the whole family in all areas of medicine and invite you to call 972-267-6653, 972-267-6653. Rachel Ministries is a compassionate, faith-based abortion recovery ministry and a safe place to find emotional and spiritual healing after an abortion experience. The Diocese of Fort Worth Rachel's Ministry invites all those affected by an abortion to a weekend retreat from Friday, September 11th through Sunday, September 13th. Let us help you experience the great gift of God's divine mercy. To register and for more information, contact Betsy at 817-923-4757 or email forgiven at racheltx.org. 
Loretta House in Denton is a pregnancy resource center that serves women dealing with unplanned pregnancies. They provide free pregnancy testing and free ultrasounds. Clients receive material goods like diapers, baby items, clothing, parenting classes, and more. Loretta House is an official apostolate of the Diocese of Fort Worth. All services are provided free of charge and remain completely confidential. Many babies are saved and many hearts changed. For more information, visit LorettaHouse.org or call 940-380-8191. The Catholic Foundation invites professional Texas artists over the age of 18 to compete in the art of the plot. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 